I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. Another week, another episode. Whiskey Sisters are back officially. <laughs> <laughs> Three episodes in. Yeah. Come on. Ching, Fill those glasses. <laughs> So this week, we, as in me, is going to try to change Chen's mind about Ardbert whiskey. But I'm saying we because I feel, I sense the energy of our listeners that everyone's like, how can she not like Ardbert? Come on. <laughs> A group collectiveness from yeah. the peak, peak thing. Come on, Jen, join us, join us. Yeah, that actually made me think of the vampires like, join us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a tough job anyway, because Jen is not a big fan of Pete, as you probably know. But I feel like we can turn the situation around. So this is what we are doing today. Yeah, bring it on. So we have tried some special editions, haven't we, on this very podcast. But I have definitely felt they've fallen short. The most recent one was Smoke Trails, which is a travel retail edition, age in Manzanella Sherry casks. Then there was the much hyped Ardcore last year. I know at the Ardcore, like I felt like the hype was big. Your reel that you did with your spiky leather jacket was super cool. And <laughs> Dr. Bill had even put on a leather jacket and had eyeliner on for his reel about it. I know. So it wasn't your usual Ardberg. Like I feel like your core rent Ardberg is much more Ardcore than the actual Ardcore. Yeah. So ironically. That's kind of where the idea came and I'm like Okay, Jen, we can fix this situation. So we'll go back to basics and therefore we are sampling Artberg 10-year-old and awe and the monster of a dram, we beastie. I was just going to say, and that's how you say it, an awe. I wasn't sure. Yeah, an awe. Ah, cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's go for the whiskey news and stick our noses into those first. Stick your nose in it. Feta Karen has revealed the 2023 release of its 18-year-old limited edition single malt. The brand launched the first edition of Fetican 18-year-old in 2022, which marked the new dawn in progressive whiskey making for this brand. Having utilized a unique handcrafted finish in 100% locally sourced Scottish oak barrels to create the liquid. Mm. Yeah, that's funny, actually, because we mentioned the Scottish oak on the previous episode, how Arbiki was growing uh, their own trees and all that for the future Yay. generation. The whiskey offers aromas of sugared almonds, baking spices and tropical sweetness of passion fruit and guava. To taste exotic syrup fruits, patisserie sugars, priors and spices with soft hints of berry fruit can be detected in this dram. Soft spice, cacao and natural vanilla lingering on the finish bottled at 46.8% ABV. They are intoxicating and alluring notes. International Beverage Holdings has completed an ambitious £4 million upgrade of Balmenach Distillery in Speyside. So the upgrade had made the distillery one of the most sustainable in the Scotch whisky industry due to the implementation of a new anaerobic slash aerobic digestion plant that uses microorganisms to break down the liquid co-products of whisky production, allowing them to be processed on site. 
anaerobic aerobic digestion plan. Oh, it's like so sciencey, isn't it? I know, but it does make me think of like 80s or 90s exercise videos. <laughs> With leg warmers. <laughs> Now, Inka, you'll be too young for this, but I was around in the 80s and there was this class I went to called Flex Agility. (gasps) It was really exciting and we all had little leotards and um, leg warmers. Oh, and a wee ponytail. And a wee ponytail. And do you know the song, like, by, I think it's Nina, 99 Red Balloons. So it would be music like that. And we would be like, it wasn't really even so much aerobics. It was more just like prancing and leaping. And we had like had little ribbons and stuff. It was amazing. Oh so that's God. a massive digression, but yeah, very exciting stuff. So each day, whiskey co-products are processed to produce enough clean biomethane gas to feed the engine and generate renewable stream. This meets 100% of the distillery's energy requirements and the site's energy efficiency has improved and its CO2 emissions have reduced. Whoop, whoop. So the system also cleans and returns 40% of processing waters back into the distillery's water course and there's a drastic reduction in the need for heavy goods vehicle movement which again ties into what we were talking about in last week's episodes if you haven't listened to already at the site with the subsequent removal of 12 tankers from Spey Valley Roads every week and the business no longer uses heavy fuel at any of its sites so there's just so much environmental yeah. components of the whiskey news these days aren't there? I know I feel like that was like an information overload but it's amazing that actually two weeks in a row there's some really really good sustainable news for the whiskey industry and that's always very positive yeah for sure Ardberg. i mentioned this before sometimes i feel like i said Ardberg. But it's Adbeg. But it sounds the same. Adbeg. Adbeg. <laughs> Has been called as close to perfection as makes no difference by whiskey connoisseurs. Mm-hmm. In past 10 years, six different Adbeg expressions have won prestigious titles, including Scotch Whiskey of the Year and World's Best Single Malt. And they won many awards. So I feel like there's something to it. Jen. Just hang yeah. on. There's a lot of accolades there. All these gazillions of award givers can't be wrong, right? Yeah. It has long claimed to be Isla's smokiest malt, although now been challenged by Prulady's Octomore, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, before Octomore. Artberg can also claim to be one of the island's sweetest. Yeah. I'm telling you. It is the combination of rich tarry smoke with citric sweet core which gives it the whole balance and hence i think you will prefer today's releases to the those fancy ones i'm psychologically getting on board with this you're luring me into your smoky web ardbeg distillery it was founded in 1815 and quickly the site grew into a small community that had housing, a hall, greenhouses, even a bowling green and a school for 100 pupils. There were a few changes of ownership over the years and a few closures along the way like many other distilleries during the war and the economic depression. But in 1887, Ardbeg was producing 250,000 gallons, that's 1.1 million litres of whiskey a year, making it the most productive distillery on Isla. And in 1997, Glenmorangie took over Ardbeg 
and paid seven million for the distillery and their stock. And by this time, Ardbeg had built its reputation as one of the cult single malts. Glen Morringy's task was therefore to both manage expectations, take out the remaining stock and start recreating the brand. And an inspired move, they also invested in a visitor centre and cafe. For years, that was pretty much the only place to eat, apparently, in the south of Isla. Yeah, I actually really liked the distillery and I happened to go there during the COVID year. So they had this food truck outside and the courtyard and you could eat there. And I did one of the warehouse tastings because they went doing tours, like none Mm -hmm. of the distillers went doing tours because COVID and all that. So that was all really nice and I really enjoyed it. And it's very nicely set up and the location is beautiful. So when Glen Morancy released their first artwork, the stock profile meant that its first eight statement release was 17 year old, while it would take until 2008 for its first own artwork 10 year old to appear. From 2004, however, there had been some releases like called very young, still young, almost there, just to show that the work was in progress. I quite like that. They hardly have any um, age statements. Mm. So apart from like, well, I guess, <laughs> well, we're trying the five and the 10 year old, but still most of the releases are yeah. non-age statements. That, that's not a massive focus. Yeah. Different oak uh, have also been used as part of general improvement in the quality of the casks they are using. Ardbeg has released several extremely funky bottlings, although as we've noticed and mentioned earlier, some maybe aren't just as exciting when you pass that marketing. And to celebrate their historic space experiment, they launched Ardberg Galileo 60,000 bottles sold out within 48 hours. Yeah, that's actually a really nice release. That is cool. They basically sent new make into space to study the effect of near zero gravity on flavour. Ardbeg Distillery sent a vial to the International Space Station in a cargo spacecraft in October 2011. Another vial of the same whiskey was kept at the distillery for comparison. The distillery is said that space samples were noticeably different in terms of aroma and taste. Far out. Totally random, right? <laughs> so they also had Supernova and Hypernova, which were releases testing how far can the peat go. So Hypernova was set to be possibly the smokiest dram in the world at the time. So that mm-hmm. was 170 ppm. Generally heavily peated are 30 to 50 ppm. But obviously now we have Ruladis Octomore, which is over 200, like nearly 300. So yeah, it's a bit different. Up in smoke. Have you tried any... Apart from the ones that we tried in the podcast, have you tried anything else from Artbeck at all? Not another drop until oh. today. Oh, so today it's a biggie. It's a biggie. And again, I'm being drawn in, although the packaging isn't as funky for the samples we have today, you've got to fully respect the font of Artbeck. It's like, again, a cool font. I know I was talking about that in relation to Springbank. Again, a good, solid, old school rock font. Yeah, and they actually, I think they trademarked the A of Ardberg. Oh, good show. Yeah, yeah, like years and years ago. And uh, yeah, I do like the women like, oh, all scared, smoky, peaty monster that's coming. It's all yeah. very cool, isn't it? It's quite catch and funky, isn't it? But I have to say that today's bottling, so we both ordered this pack of three releases that come we in. We did. Three 
200 centiliter bottles. But how funny are these bottles? It really makes me think of like that uncle at the weddings, like, oh, I got something yeah. here on my pocket. Like, ha, ha, ha. This is what the kind of bottle of spirit size was like when I started drinking whiskey as a late teenager and you could only afford a little small bottle. Yeah, well, I wasn't <laughs> drinking whiskey, but like vodka and the same size and all the other kind of horrible stuff I was drinking. But it does give me a little bit like, you know, I'm an alcoholic vibe. It's like literally <laughs> like it totally fits in your bag or your pocket or somewhere like you're like, oh, just put it that in my coffee or whatever you're drinking. To hide in the toilet cistern. Yeah, and they're like dark green, like super old school. I'm just noticing the labels on the back. I hadn't actually noticed them so we until we started talking I just noticed the kitsch kind of cartoons on the box but there are super cool labels on the back yeah but the 10 year old actually on the label at the back has that screaming woman seeing the peed monster that's a classic yeah so Let's... packaging is on point yeah we love it but it's also kind of weird Dram on fire. For peat lovers, Artbook 10-year-old is probably the highest quality entry-level single malt on the market. Although I'm not sure I would agree, but it's definitely up there. And many Isla connoisseurs would choose it as their favorite. So let's start with the 10-year-old then. So that is 46%, 55 ppm peat levels, ex-bourbon. So why don't you start? We want to hear from you because this is all about you, Jen. Okay, so Ardbeg 10. I would say a nice kind of light color. It does remind me of the kind of light colors of the previous Ardbegs I've had. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, light kind of barley. So my first nosing has is really quite different to me nosing it now that I've had a few drams and that it's had the air at it. On first nosing, very much barbecue coals. Mm-hmm. Maybe some nice quality beef has been on the barbecue. And I didn't get like a particularly salty or fishy aroma. However, I did feel like it was almost like kind of fresh prawns and there's kind of prawny water on them and they're fresh. Oh my god, that's yeah, wow. Yeah, you can agree there. As soon as you were saying that and I got my nose in my glass, oh my god, that and how you just said that prawn juice. Like the juicy <laughs> Yeah, oh juicy god. fresh it's... prawn waterness. Yeah, oh my god. Amazing. Thank you, hon. What do you get on the nose? Well, I was thinking like, yeah, it's not super smoky on the nose at all. It's quite mellow and there's definitely some citrus in there. But mm-hmm. now it's been in the glass for a while, it's getting a bit sweeter, a bit more yeah. sugary something. But that fishy prawny juice is quite good. Because <laughs> it's kind of that salty. It's kind of, you know, like when you have oysters. Yes. And they're still like... Oyster juice. Yeah, oyster juice. Yeah. But it's okay. not fishy. It's yeah. like fresh ocean vibes. Yeah. So how about palate? So first sip, coal. I was like transported back to childhood, like when the coal man would come. And at that nice smell of fresh coal, I got the taste of that. I found a green chili kick. I found like quite a spice tip, but that's very much has mellowed as I've continued sipping. And now a sweetness is coming through. Yeah, I think the spiciness is the peat that will kind of, it's almost like it wraps around your tongue. Yes. I'm not sure how to describe the sweetness because it's not like a confectionery sticky in your face sweetness but I feel it's like unraveling and warming and comforting as I'm sipping away now. It's like cooked fruit and cake 
thing yeah. that I was thinking. Like, um, I found it very citrusy at first with mm-hmm. touch of sweetness. And I was thinking things like lemon drizzle cake. Oh, you know, when you have that very like lemony icing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And like a kind of Victoria spongy thing. Um, but the peat really does wrap around your mouth and it's kind of salty, tingling. It's funny because the peat, you always think peat is, you know, a smoky, but it's not necessarily that smoky. It's just there's always something that really makes me think of spices, like chili spices and salt. Yeah. Yes, very nice. It's quite, it's very lingering for me on the finish. Yeah, and I feel like with air, it does get much sweeter. Feels the upper part of my palate like a nice zingy spice remains on the finish and maybe a bit of beef jerky on the finish as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I I wasn't getting many meaty flavours on this one, but then when you keep mentioning things like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe actually. But it's kind of like uh it's okay dram like it's sweet it's peaty it's you know easy at first I thought it's too grown up for me you know how I can get like that but I thought no just hold you know and stick with it and I actually did enjoy it yeah good oh I'm I'm surprised and happy (laughs) (laughs) I didn't actually think my plan would work (laughs) (laughs) do you know I do feel a wee bit like I had this friend when I was younger and she liked really heavy music like death metal and like she liked Sepultura and all that and it was a bit scary for me but she also liked some of the bands I liked and like we went to see Nirvana together and stuff but anyway you know how you're kind of trying to let your friend listen to their music as well but kind of like trying to get on board with it but a bit scared I thought it would be a bit like me trying to like Sepultura and Pantera but I'm getting there you know <laughs> I had lots of friends who liked very heavy metal but you, you do kind of get into it yeah certain songs are not as heavy there's always a way and this is what's happening to me with these peaty drums I do but- love it that you're comparing peaty drums to like heavy metal Pantera and- <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing okay so let's go to the next so it's an awe that's how it's pronounced an awe and I think it's quite nice and this was introduced into the core range in 2017 an awe is a combination of Pedro Jimenez, sherry casks, new charred oak and bourbon barrels and married together in a French oak marrying vat. That is a, a Dr. Bill special. I feel like I had to throw Dr. Bill because we've been avoiding his name all this time. So, But that's his special marrying vat. And yeah, it's bottled at 46.6%. It also makes me like Ardbeg much more because the percentages are quite high. Yeah, a similar colour, maybe slightly darker, but again, quite light and golden straw. It's definitely darker. Darker than the first one, yeah. Yeah, I would say, I was thinking, I don't know, I was just like in the mood, but I was thinking barbecued peach. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's yellowy, but it's kind of orangey with like a brown hue. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I can... I can concur. Okay, and then nose? I got a fermented smell that at first I thought was like manure at the farm and straw. So, you know, like sweet manure. Can you get that? Yeah, I get it now with air. And almost like you're near a village that is burning peat smoke in their houses, but it's quite subtle and it's in the distance. So distant peat smoke in the cottages. Then I got a kind of crunchy, fresh green apple and then some river water that I've mentioned before. <laughs> oh, I like that as well. Like, I, actually, the river water makes sense as well. But I was getting 
I don't know, maybe my, I'm just more used to these drums. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, it's instantly sweet. Like it's okay. much sweeter than the previous one. But I was thinking mm-hmm. orange cake. My friend used to have this coffee shop down in Brighton and um, she made the best cakes and her like orange cakes and lemon cakes. They would always be really juicy. They were never dry and they had almost like you could almost suck the juice out of the cake. They were so Moist good. and zesty. Yeah, moist and zesty. A juicy orange cake similar to the lemon drizzle that I mentioned before. Um, but then it was turning into more like coffee cakes that are a bit drier, that has like some sort of coffee elements and dried fruits. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I just find it very approachable. It doesn't give me much smoke. As I'm still getting a subtle smoke, but much sweeter now that I'm getting back to nose it with the air. Yeah, it's quite... Um, I'm still getting lots of orange, maybe even like orange chocolate, darker chocolate. So the palette I found sweeter than the previous dram, like a kind of sweet stewed apple. I don't know if it's because you've been saying orange, but as I'm sipping it now, I can I can get a nice orange and even the orange zest, but still a kind of sweet saviness. You know how you get like sweet stewed apples and you have it with pulled pork? Oh yeah. Mm. So maybe a little bit of that. Mildly herbal. I think that's sometimes how I describe something that's not quite meaty. And I, I've written thyme, but I'm not sure if that is the herb that I'm tasting, but I'm not that like badass with my herbs. That's really good, actually. I think sometimes the peat, I think peat is a funky thing because it doesn't always mean it's like a smoke bomb. It can be savoury, salty, or it can be quite herbal as well. Herbally, florally peatiness. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like heathery. For me, I think at first... On that initial sip, I was getting chocolate, a little bit of citrus, tiramisu. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's, it was kind of confusing. I'm like, um, is that right? But yeah, that's what I was getting. And again, the peat was coating my mouth a little bit, giving me like tingles. But this time, you know, you know those white minty pastels that are kind of like almost like flowery ones. They're not coated with anything. They just kind of are they like travel sweets? Yeah, but oh, they kind of like those super strong ones. Yeah, ultra strong mints that are almost like chalky. Chalky, and... yes. Exactly. Oh my god, they're terrifyingly strong. I find them super gross because this chalkiness. Who can eat them? Like I, I don't mind a mint pastel, but I hate that chalky texture. Oh, it really freaks me oh, out. But they're too strong for me. If I can take the positives out of the gross, is that that kind of strong minty pastel thing? That I feel like that's what the peat is coating my mouth and leaving that kind of minty. At the same time, that weird texture from the pastel. Yeah, as if it's funkified the chemistry of your mouth. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. (laughs) And then I'm getting a little bit, like, it's definitely sweeter now. I'm thinking dried apricots. I quite like eating dried apricots. They're very sweet. I don't know if I've eaten a dried apricot. What? Oh my God. You're missing out on life. I'll, I'll dive into those. You, who loves sugar. I know. And while you're the there, thing. make sure to get the pineapples as well. This is the thing, because I've such a sweet tooth, I tend try to try not to increase my sweet palate even further. <laughs> but I will for the purpose of these tastes. Yeah, it's, nat- it's natural fruit sugars. Exactly. From the dry fruit, but they are spot on. Okay, I'm with you. 
Anything else? No, but again, it's kind of going down well on second sips and it feels quite, it feels gentler on the finish, maybe kind of medium-y, barbecue smoke, maybe barbecue ash, but a kind of nice home baking sweetness on the finish. Yeah, I feel like, um, what do you call the, you know, the dusting sugar or whatever it's called in English, you know, that I mean. Icing sugar. Icing sugar, yeah, that kind of. Nice sweetness but it's definitely sweeter than the previous one i couldn't find the levels of the peats just to compare on the previous one would you say it's quite different to the ones that we've tried the special editions it's not really there feels more depth of flavor and more layers and kind of multi-dimensionality i don't think that's a word but i feel that from these comparatively to the first two i tried yes and the longer lingering finish. Yeah. Dr. Bill, I'm feeling more intellectually attracted to him again. I, he was going off the boil <laughs> for me because he's ghosted us. I but know. I, I feel that um, whiskey wisdom crush reigniting within me. Yeah, and we had the whole jar, money jar, when every time he mentioned his it's, name, we put money in the jar, but it's been quite empty for a while. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to start totting up again. <laughs> yeah. we'll be able to save up for our trip to Isla if the jar <laughs> keeps keeps topping up again so the last one five-year-old wee beastie <laughs> does it make you think wee shitey <laughs> no I just like your accent saying wee beastie and I just think oh. <laughs> you're somebody that's Finnish and lives in Italy you're just so Scottish <laughs> so I was worried about this because I haven't tried it for so long and I thought, oh my God, it's going to, Jen is going to be so scared, but I feel positive about this. But anyway, so it's ex-bourbon and ex-oloroso sherry casks, bottled at 47.4% ABV. Colour maybe in between the other two, mildly golden, Do you would you say? Yeah, I think it's even lighter than the first one. But again, oh, like, is it? I'm in Italy. I live in darkness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, are you recording in a cave today? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I can't open any windows because I don't want to have any noise. Um, but anyway, so I think it's quite light color. I would say maybe even touch lighter than the first one. But again, you know, who knows? Around the same. Inca, I was very surprised at this on the nose. I got marshmallow, oh. peach and plum. Maize crisps, you know, like puff corn crisps with pickled onion. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is like drum that is giving me crisps on the palate, on the nose. Keep going. So I thought it was kind of giving me really good, like good mixture of sweetness, fruitiness, puffy, maize, savory, slightly edginess on the nose, and I thought oh, should be called wee sexy on the nose. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm luring her in. I feel like this is a positive. <laughs> I was scared up the back of the, the Pantera gig. Now I'm down in the mosh pit. Yeah. Oh my god. So, okay, first, and like just first, pour it in the glass. I was getting loads of dried fruit. Sherry Cask was delivering dried fruits. And I was literally thinking, Oh, like just transferred me when I was visiting the Sherry Triangle, having a sherry with some nuts. I'm like, it literally smells like I'm drinking sherry and having some nuts, like salted almonds, for example. Oh, salty nuts. Yeah. Delish. There was some fresh rye bread, like warm 
rye bread that we discussed before with the Finnish whiskey girls. Yes. That's quite um, common in some of the Finnish whiskeys. That was like what I was getting. But then there you go. You're, you know, bacon crisp. There but, like, we go. You know, like end of the bag. And you're like, oh, I wish there would be one more. And you're like <laughs> pouring it in your mouth. And like while you're pouring it, it's like covering your nose. And you're like. Oh, and all the crisp the- dust. Oh, yeah. I love the crisp dust. Yeah, so that's what I was getting. Bacony, <laughs> crispy dust. Love it. I'm enjoying it in the palate even more on these sips than first sip, although I did enjoy it first. The kind of gingery, tingly spice. Maybe like a, not super meaty, but maybe like a kind of honey roast ham. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like gammon. Gammon, all like kind of like done in honey and warm and juicy. And maybe some fresh baked tiger loaf bread. So there's just that edginess and flavour to the loaf. Started off with salt and vinegar, thick cut chips. Mm. I think I just added the thick cut just because um, chips means different things in different languages. Chips as in French fries. Yeah, as in French fries. Not okay. crisps this time, but like the actual potatoy chip. Okay. But like homemade, more potatoy. Mm-hmm. You know when they just give you the chips and then you can add your own vinegar and salt, brown vinegar. Peppercorn sauce with a nice juicy steak. You know, the peppercorns when you bite it and it's like, oh, it's kind of Crunch hot. and you get a little bit of hot. Yeah. Oh, yum. Yeah. And I was thinking also like a dark chocolate. I think it's called lint. I think it's the lint one. Yes. And yeah, yeah. dark chocolate with salted caramel. Oh, I love salted caramel. Mm. I get quite hungry doing our jam on fire sometimes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a vegetarian chili in the slow cooker. <laughs> I feel like a right housewife. <laughs> so good but that's a good shout to have food ready after this recording i wonder if any of our listeners get the notion for anything we're talking about and go and make it either that or just maybe think our tasting notes are crazy bonkers yeah. found the finish nice and mellow i've kind of written charred fruity gently meaty but just yeah. uh, just something kind of like all blendy. My shoulders are starting to roll. I feel like wee beastie as a vibe. Yeah, and you know, like sometimes you buy fresh fruit. Say like you buy peaches and they come in like a plastic container. Yeah. But then you, you're not quick enough to eat them. So they kind of start to ferment and get bad. Or like strawberries or something like that. But like at the bottom of the container, they kind of half kind of liquidize. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, I feel mean? guilty when that happens. I know, I hate it. I just cut that back but often eat yeah. the rest. But like <laughs> that's what I, I think is like on the finish, that kind of sweetness that it's yeah. super sugary, sweet, ultra ripe, juicy, fruity. Yeah, kind of moldy fruity juice. Nice. Gross but gross <laughs> but nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that's what I like about a lot of the peaty whiskies, especially with the sweeter aspects when they mix them with cherries and all these different um, casks. I think the tasting notes are just kind of fun and mind-blowing. They offer a lot, don't they? Yeah, and when you start bringing like roasted chicken and fish juice and what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's like quite challenging to pull out what the notes are. But as I've been doing that with these three drams, I'm really glad you've encouraged me to, you know, try more of them because they have surprised me and I guess if I have a favorite it's probably wee beastie oh that was actually I was gonna say I have two questions first of all which one is your favorite and I'm so 
glad you said wee beastie because <laughs> that was the one I was actually really f- afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, that's great. And then would you say that you could be more Pete curious after this because it's not so like in your face or are you still kind of like nah I still prefer my well you probably still prefer your sherry bombs but I still prefer my sherry bombs but I think my Pete you know that peak curiousness I think it's definitely like growing and expanding in confidence and I think when combined with the sweeter aspects when something's ultra smoky and savoury I can be glad I've tried it because it's something new and different but I know it's not for me whereas I think or maybe towards the end of a night if I, depending if I was in a different location maybe by the sea would I now maybe order a wee beastie maybe Oh, yeah, it's, it is a nice warming jam. So I don't know about your listeners, but I feel like my work here is done. And <laughs> book is not fully written off the Whiskey Sisters menu. Dr. Bill, we still love you. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. STR, have you seen this? STR, what is it? When they're talking about the casks, you know, like bourbon casks, cherry casks, blah, blah, blah. Then they say STR. And like expecting all of us to know what it is. Yeah. So, um, so I'm explain. Like, did some digging. So what does SDR stand for? SDR stands for scraped or shaved, toasted and recharged and indicates the cask has undergone rejuvenation by having its stave shaved down and then recharged. Rather than mentioning that a cask previously held another alcohol it advises that the cask was rejuvenated using very specific process pioneered by the late Dr. Jim Swan. And I think we mentioned this before on the Taiwan episode because he was very helpful with the Taiwanese um, Kavalan distillery with yeah. their cask stuff. So I feel like that was mentioned there before. Definitely. And recently we went a visit to Lindor's, didn't we? And he was obviously so instrumental there as well. Yeah, exactly. A wee plug here. On the sauce again, I wrote a little article about some of the whiskies that we tried at Lindor's that was, time when we went. So go and have yeah. a read. I was just thinking there hadn't been many plugs for On the Sauce again, especially <laughs> if we've got some new listeners. Yeah. While rejuvenation is also the term used when exhausted cask deemed unfit for use is treated for reuse. In this context, the cask is not exhausted, but in fact, fairly new. But they were just decided that they just want to make it a little bit different. So that's what it means. I feel like it's everywhere at the moment. Everyone's using STR casks. So now you know what it is. And who doesn't love a bit of rejuvenation? Whiskey Sisters! What a tasting. Thank you, Whiskey Sister Inca, for bringing out my peak curiosity and luring me over to the heavy, smoky side. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. And next week, shock horror, we will be adding water to our whiskies. Follow us at whiskeysisters.podcast on Instagram, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters, and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. But like Jen mentioned before, no one actually goes to Facebook. But you know, in case you're on Facebook and you see something fun and want to tag us, just do it exactly may your class be full and your smoky dram on fire yeah flames